welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we are talking about Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale as magicians who will do anything for the perfect trick and Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? Jim. I have a sparkling water, but this time it is a Nixie. I don't know that. What brand is that? Nixie, it's called. And it is peach black tea. And it actually has 30 milligrams of caffeine from organic tea in it. So it's like like a glass of tea. It's not a lot of caffeine. Uh, Word on the street is not that you were not drinking that this weekend. No, I had a few Manhattans at Keenan's birthday party. Yeah. I had how did that how did that go? It went really well. I I had a great British accent as I was playing uh, an Ozzy Osbourne type character. Mm. Now this was a murder a- mystery murder party? mystery eighties themed. So each each person was like an eighties character. Was somebody David Hasselhoff? No, there was no David Hasselhoff. What what were some of the characters? Yeah, so like, there was like a well, Debbie Gibson. Got... Okay, I love that. Katie was Punky Brewster. Yeah, that was a good. I saw the picture. She yeah. pulled that off. Keenan was David Bowie. Yeah, very disturbing. Uh, His obsession with that yeah. David Bowie character from yeah, it was that it film was terrible. Is very there odd. was a Cindy Lauper. Was Mandy? Mm-hmm. There was a um, who was Tim? Crocodile Dundee. Ah, good. Choice. He was murdered. He was he was the one oh, who no. was murdered. Yeah. So what happens when you're murdered? At you the just get mystery? to hang out and and you know you, you can still interact talk? with people, but yeah, yeah, you can talk to them, but they can't. They're not really playing anymore. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was funny. Was it successful? Did you figure out who the murderer was? Yeah, we all pretty we yeah, it was figured out in the end. Yeah. It was it like Glass Onion, where kind of no, you, where you you it was him not as right it was not as uh, interesting as Glass Onion, like. Tim, so the first round is just everyone interacting and you're supposed to be talking about, there's like talking points on your card. And Tim was like, uh, I should have known that I was going to get killed because it was very apparent within the first like two minutes of playing this game that every other character in this place hated me for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And so everyone had a motive to kill him. Kill him. All right. Well. Tim is a very you would have loved it. His the one he was he was big in the uh, making Mogwai burgers, so they would take Ooh. gremlins and make them into hamburgers and eat them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eighties uh, music, hopefully playing a lot of eighties music. Some yeah, air supply. Yeah. Maybe, I, I don't know. No, I don't feel like that was no happening. Air supply. I don't know. I we'll have to ask Keenan. Yeah. I we'll was. I had a lot of Manhattan's. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure they were high. You made them, right? I made so them. Sure they were uh, qual- yeah. high quality. They were. It was. It was delicious. Fabulous. Uh, I am drinking again. I had a leftover uh, the Agent IPA from mm. last week's show. It's so. a good one. It was. It, it, this is a solid beer. I have never been to the Kettlehead Brewing Company, but it's up in Franklin, New Hampshire. Mm. So it's on the way to Storyland, a wonderful world of. Uh, adventure that we go to in the summer so maybe i'll try to stop there this year uh this week's film and i am happy to say this is in fact a film this week yes. uh, unlike last week's <laughs> entertainment we'll call it entertainment uh, of flash gordon um is a good one one i had not revisited in a very long time uh 
and dare I almost say kind of a under the radar Christopher Nolan film? Yeah, it is one that I hear a lot of people talk about saying like retrospectively it is one of their favorites of his but it definitely didn't land with a lot of fanfare at the time um it was between the two between batman begins and the dark knight night i feel like the um, dark knight comes out and just that yeah. just becomes the narrative moving forward with it yeah yeah definitely uh okay so it is time for the rundown So, after a tragic accident, two stage magicians in the 1890s London. I'm you know, sorry that that read weird. Well, <laughs> in 1890s London, engage in a accent. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so my Aussie accent, yeah, do it in your Aussie accent. Okay, okay. After a tragic accident, two stage magicians in 1890s London engage in a battle to create the ultimate illusion while sacrificing everything they have to outwit each other. There we go. A good tagline. Yeah. Uh, this plot um, yeah, yeah. makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> it is, in fact, a plot. Uh, on a scale from A-plus through Flash Gordon, though, where would you grade the prestige? I want to say it like that. Prestige. Just, like, huh. really drag it out. This is an interesting one. I... I feel like this is going to be high, higher for me. Okay. Um, yeah, I think this is a, an A for me. Ooh, oh, wow. I really like this movie a lot. I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's my favorite Christopher Nolan film. Uh, I haven't rewatched Interstellar in a long time, and I really mm. liked that, like that one. Um, I like this more than almost all of the others. Wow. Although I haven't rewatched The Dark Knight in a long time either. And I would say um, Interstellar and The Dark Knight are two of the other two that would be probably in contention for that. So, so not Inception, huh? Not Inception, no. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go B plus, bordering on A minus. Uh, like I had said, had not seen this for a long time. And I don't know why. It's I, not I, on so, a lot. Like it's, it's not, not something that. Yeah, it's really interesting because when you had mentioned wanting to see this, I was kind of like, okay, I got to first of all, I got to find where it is. It's not in 4K I, yet, digital. Yeah, I don't own it, um, but it was on Hulu as one of their featured movies. Yep. But I don't know. It was it, it was a really interesting one because so much of his stuff, you know, that he is a name now, right? Like, yeah. He, you're going to go see a Christopher Nolan movie because of the name. Of, you know, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, if someone else and made Tenant, it wouldn't have. No, that was. Yeah. Well, I mean, no one else could have made Tenant. So. No, no, no. We, we right. could talk about that, too. But he has become that kind of director. Almost like Kubrick in the sense that it's. This is, you know, Tenant was, for better or worse, like Christopher Nolan's Jane Bond movie, right? Yeah. And then Dunkirk was Christopher Nolan's war movie. And, you know, and so on and so on. And we'll see what Oppenheimer is. You know, is it his biopic movie? But this is 
early enough Christopher Nolan that I kind of like that there wasn't that hype. In. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it, it just feels there's a lot of what we see in Christopher Nolan movies now in it, but it felt, it feels like fresh. I don't know. I, I didn't think in my mind, I remembered this having as many elements of Christopher Nolan filmmaking as we see like moving forward when we watch inception or interstellar mm -hmm. and stuff like a lot of those movies is in this movie. And that surprised me a little bit. I didn't remember a lot of what I see in this. Um, so on this at the time. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh it's, it's very good. I, I think this whole movie is, um, you know, it, the whole movie itself is, is basically the magic trick that, that, Michael Caine lays out right in the beginning, which is you <laughs> you are told from literally the first like couple minutes of this movie what th the trick is, mm. right? It and even in the end, you don't try to. I don't know. At least for me, like I think Katie would have said this doesn't work as well on the second time through. Um, but I find it for me, it did. And I think it works for me on the second time through because there's so much to notice and to, um, to kind of, to, to understand. And, and it's almost frustrating because when you start to realize everything that he did setting up the quote unquote twists in this movie, um, it's basically showing you that you knew kind of the whole time. And he says like the audience knows you just don't. They just don't want to uncover the truth well, because yeah, then right? it's, it's not part of magic. Part of a magic trick is not knowing how they did it. And if you know how they did it, it's not fun. Right. Of uh, course. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Or, 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 and then the other thing this movie deals with is the converse, which is if it's actually true magic and there's, it's not a trick that's terrifying. And like, that's also something that no one would ever believe. Right. So the, the, everyone believes it's a trick and you, you can't figure it out. Hmm. Uh, that, that it's just something that they're, they're being tricked, but there, there is an answer. We just don't know what it is. And if there is no answer, like in, in the, in the event of the, the way that Hugh Jackman pulls off the trick, that's a terrifying, like, premise yeah it's no longer entertainment right right, right it's like right. that balance you have to walk um between them i mean see this is interesting i i do even when you know the little twists do think this movie holds up better um in a similar way i felt even better this time Kind of like I did with Annihilation when we were talking about Annihilation. It's yeah. the, the element of once you know what that twist is, you're not wasting time worrying about what that twist is. And instead, you're more invested in understanding all the things that you probably missed in that first viewing. Right. And, and the performances, I think, are better as a result when you're able to begin to focus on those performances as opposed to solely, hey, what the hell's going on here? Yes. And, and I think there's a lot of this. There's a lot of uh, distraction, right? There's a lot of um, 
in the way that he tells the story, which we, we, we wanted to talk about, which is yeah. these, this idea of the, the nonlinear storytelling mm. where you have, you immediately see, I think you start with, uh, you start with, uh, what's his name? Michael Caine, who is yeah. always going to be in Christopher Nolan's movies, right? Uh, unfortunately, retired. Yeah. So we don't uh, get him an Oppenheimer. Giving exposition. And then you see Christian Bale being tried for murder. You see him with a, you see him getting a journal. You see Hugh Jackman's character getting a journal and reading, reading from it. And it's like, this tangled mess of a narrative as far as like how it how it plays out um you know in in the vein of something like pulp fiction right it, but um it also had a little bit of like the hours vibe to me which is that you have you have these different timelines going mm-hmm. but they're connected through a narrative that is um it's almost like an individual like reading reading the other person's diary uh, and then there's there's twists and turns there, right? So at, at different points throughout that piece, you find out that the diary the diaries ended up in the other person's hands mm. purposefully and as as part of a trick and to to deceive them uh, as a deception. And it's it's uh, that all of that kind of takes your focus away from all the things that he's telling you that are you know the magic trick, which is. He's using a double. Like, how does he do the teleported man? It's a double. It has to be a double. It's the only way. Yeah, and, you can and do we're, it. We're we're not supposed to believe that, right? And I think, in essence, what's so intriguing to me is he is at points telling you, like, to me, when Scarlett Johansson, who I don't want to talk too much about in this movie because I think she she was fine. But, you know, it was like, whatever. It shocked me, actually, that I guess it shouldn't, because at this point, I think she was Black Widow or on the right, that she was even on the poster. Because, I mean, I don't find her to be any more interesting. I actually find Rebecca Hall's character to be more interesting. than. Well, I mean, like, this is a problem with most Christopher Nolan films, right? Like, all his female characters are plot devices for the most part. Yeah. Like, he does not do a good job creating interesting female characters. And this is no exception. They are not even. We see the only one I would say to slightly disagree is I love um, the younger girl in Interstellar and her sequences with. Right, right, She is, in essence, though, a plot device as well. But my point is he like sets it up, which I thought was so interesting. And I'll bring Scarlett Johansson into this is like she's telling the viewers at one point, like to Christian Bale's character you know, he's created the teleport man and then you Jew Jackman steals it. And she's basically like, no, your trick's better, but it's just a trick. Whereas you Jackman is like a showman right, and right. there's more to it. And I like that this time around, I was sitting here and thinking like, yeah, like the, you like the movie is more entertaining than the twist of right. what it is. Do you know? I mean? It's like a twist is a twist, but if, if it's not done in a really interesting way, like the showmanship of a movie, then it's movie, just a movie with right. a twist. And so and, like, and the, that again, was kind of cool narrative, like meta element of this. Right. And, and I don't think, I think the twists are, are important in, in a sense, but I also think there's enough of an interesting, interesting things being said other than the two twists of this movie 
to to also carry it right mm -hmm. so it's not it's not all twist right it, it's it there there's like an interesting idea of like these two mu magicians who approach the craft in different ways like the christian bale character is very devoted to like the purity of magic and like mm -hmm. how and secrets and how that works right he he seems less concerned with the crowd mm -hmm. right he's more concerned with like can he do the trick the best and he doesn't really care if the crowd reacts whereas hugh jackman all he cares about is the crowd reaction and um it's interesting how those two ideas kind of lead them both sort of on the same kind of chase, but in different ways. Mm. Well, yeah. How did those two play out for you? Cause I, I thought that you Jackman in particular surprises me more in this film than Christian Bale in, in terms of like you Jackman is an actor that I tend to think of as a more likable character, Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways. And he, well, that's part of the trick here, is, right? Yeah. Is great. But I thought he was great as, is sleazy in this. And I think Christian Bale is, we, we could talk more about him. I think he's perfectly cast because I, I think he is so dynamic and he is playing. It's almost like Natalie Portman. When we talked about with annihilation, she he's almost an Oscar Isaac. And yeah. he is playing two very different, characters here which is wildly impressive yeah and and in re and this is another thing when re-watching you start to see that right you can see more clearly and it's not just the way that he interacts with the other characters there is a way i do feel like there's a way he carries himself a little bit that you kind of immediately know which one it is even though you're not really sure yeah, who they are even in the end who's who the two different guys are right like no and like you know one of them's so, more serious yeah and there, i don't want to say and i think this was a sleight of eye or what one of them seemed slightly heavier but they yeah. weren't do you know what i mean i don't and it might have just been the emotion he was putting into it but they and they like, did dress so, fallon up to be heavier they did that was but even in I the, don't know what costume, it is. It's yeah. hard to describe for me, but I think you're so right. There was like an element to you could just innately tell once you knew that there was definitely two, yeah. like which one was which. And Hugh Jackman gets to play two characters. Yes, he gets but to that play was like a yeah. drunk version of himself, which has like some kind of prosthetic like teeth or something, Those right? Two, yeah, I yeah. Think, it was like right? a like this. it was it was strange, uh, but it was great. Like I, I and I think that's. The casting's important, right? Because I think Hugh Jackman comes into this role. I don't really remember what he had done prior to this, but he's immediately likable as like a charismatic person that is. He immediately gives off good vi good guy vibes yes. in the beginning of this movie, um, and so to see his turn into like madness or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's part of the trick, right? Is casting him. You know, if you cast a less likable actor in that role, I don't think it works as well. Um, and if you cast someone less talented than, than Christian Bale in the other role, I don't think it works. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like this idea, right? Of you have to walk that line. It's like Tom Hanks, right? How do you cast somebody who's really likable and turn them into somebody who is 
potentially unlikable. Right, right. But but kind of stay along for the ride without like without kind of throwing your hands up and going like, well, I don't care about any of these people. Right. It's, well, yeah, and that's the tight the tight right rope you kind of walk in part of this movie, right? Is where do your sympathies lie? Right. I feel in the first watch until maybe towards the very end, you're probably more sympathetic to you, Jackman. Um, if you didn't realize there were in fact two Christian bales, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. there's those like pockets of scenes where it's Fallon being, you know, and he's treating his wife and his wife kills himself and you can't quite understand. And you think he's having an affair with Scarlett Johansson. If you don't pick up, you know, if you don't really know that. Right. Where. And you also don't he, know whether he killed the, the, the girl, the, the girl in the beginning yeah. with the wrong knot. And so yeah, like that like, part is a little, and this is where Christopher Nolan gets away with like a lot that other filmmakers won't. Right. That point specifically he uses it as a device for um, Christian Vale's character, I forget his name, the, the professor, to say, like, oh, I, I don't know. And honestly, I, do, I keep asking myself what I did. And so, like, the first time watching it, that becomes not really important. Like, you don't really remember that. You, you honestly believe that the character maybe didn't realize or didn't think about in the moment what knot he was tying, right? But you do see him change the knot. Yeah, exactly. But then, it, so my point was like, you're never quite sure which right. Christian Bale that is. So, but one using of them might that be like, as I a, honestly don't know. Yeah, yeah. So. But saying that is so like, it doesn't really make sense, right? Like he would, he would have known. Like it's not like they don't talk to each other. No, I they know. are the only people they talk to, really. And that had to be the thing that set him off. So it is a. They would he would have known if his brother had tied the wrong knot. Like they would have talked about it. Yeah. Right. And so like that part in the second watch is like, okay. And so like this is funny because like I think a lot of Christopher Nolan films have these like very parts of them are kind of mundane. Like mm. Inception specifically is about like business espionage. It's not like life or death. It's it's very when you actually think about what's happening, it is kind of weird. Um, and this movie, kind of the same thing, right? Like there, there's a piece of it that is that is kind of goofy, um, but he gets away with it because of how tight and how interesting yeah. the other pieces of the story he's telling are. Um, whereas for something like Tenant, for me, completely falls apart because of that. Um, and while I'm super interested in certain aspects of that movie, I'm less like likely to revisit it because it mm. just feels like a house well, of cards is falling. It doesn't well that, feel like it's building towards something. No. And I, I like tenant more than you, but I, I do think at its core, this movie has more to it, right? Like it, yeah. he's doing a serious exploration of the idea of obsession. Right. 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 And, you know, Interstellar has its, whereas Tenet, I don't know if there is that core to, well, you know what I mean? It I kind is, of view it like, like, and I'm not saying they're on the same level because they're not, but I will say that their best 
the best that they both have to offer are, are pretty high, which is when you talk about someone like M night and Sixth sense, which is based mm. around a twist, but let's be honest, that movie can work without the twist. Like it is an incredible movie. And then on top of that, you get the twist yes. and everything falls in place. If Bruce Willis was just a psycho psychologist helping this kid, it still would it have still been a works. good movie. Yeah, right. it's still an amazing, yes. And I would the say that, that pushes us over the edge. Is right. The and so like Agreed. there is a piece of like what happens to him later that I fear and hopefully Nolan's not like gone that way. I think he's continued to make really high level films that don't fall off like M. Night's movies did. But for me, Tenet was more the village than Six Sense. Yeah, I, I again, I think that goes to, and he's he's often not deemed as an emotional filmmaker, right? Like that's right. one of his his issues. But if you look, but everyone's at, got a dead wife. <laughs> yes, they do. No, but I mean, if you look at Interstellar, which I love, there that, is there wife. is a it does. But I mean, there's that core. There is a core. Interstellar is his most emotional movie emotional by film. far. But but my point is there is an element to it there you connect to. But that's also in, Matthew McConaughey. Like he, yes, he he emotes like, it in yeah. a way. But even in Inception, I feel there's something in this movie. There's something I feel there that you're latched on to. Whereas Tenant, and I think this is a fair critique, is really an action movie yeah. in which he uses his other techniques that we see in all his films, and it it's not rooted in caring about the, the john david the, washington the, at all yeah well no because he doesn't even know who he is right? right he's like at the beginning of that which is a whole other side discussion here i want to talk about how he explores the idea of obsession yeah through this movie because i think it's it's really interesting in the sense that if you look at many films that deal with the idea of obsession. If I were to say to you, like, go look at films that deal with obsession. So much of it is like obsession with a person. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like when we think about that, it's going to be like a thriller, like fatal attraction or something like that. And in this movie, that isn't really at the core. He's exploring human obsession in a way i think that alex garland was dealing with the idea of self-destruction in some way well ex machina has, has yeah. a little bit and, of it yeah um and i thought that was an interesting take to to not make it about a physical obsession with the person but how it manifests itself in different ways and do it in different ways with different characters in this yeah so comparing the two um you know, I, I think it's just interesting because they the way, you, and I, not linearly, but the way that you you first find out about their who they are, who these two characters are, is that they're working for another older mag magician who they clearly don't respect because he doesn't take the art form as seriously as they do. Mm -hmm. um, and then they go and they see that Asian, um, you know, the older Asian the, magician yeah, guy. Uh, and they both just look like so happy, like watching his tricks, right? And and then 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 you see them standing outside and looking at him getting to his his coach, and they're like, 
this is the trick. It's like he's he's playing the character all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like at that point in the movie, they're sort of the same, right? And then they kind of branch from there. And and there's there's moments where, um, you know, is it what is his name? What is uh? It's Angiers and who's the other guy? Um, Freddie. Freddie. <laughs> Borden. 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 Yep. Borden. Um. You know he he will he there's moments where he's saying like you you got to get your hands dirty right and there's the whole idea of like whether the pigeons are getting killed mm-hmm. uh the birds the parakeet you know whatever it is or whether um you know who's getting hurt by this and i think that's part of the the idea of obsession that he's interested in exploring here is who does this obsession and drive who does it lead to like you you know uh, where does it lead? It does it hurt it, not just them? It hurts the people around them for various reasons, right? The one woman gets killed in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, other other people. You know, the, the one wife kills herself. Um, the child is left, you know, without a father for, or thinking that she, yeah, she would have a father for a little bit. To, yeah, um, just so many, so many. Um, ways that this obsession kind of destroyed them and the people around them. Um, at the same time, they would be seen as, you know, great. Like it's like, uh, you know, the, the Steve jobs movie or social network. There's Mm -hmm. those movies have like a level of obsession, not to deal, not dealing with a person. Right. Uh, in kind of a similar way, it shows like, you know, what, what is the cost of greatness? What is though? It's not an interest like like I'm so intrigued thinking about this when we watch it, mm-hmm. because obviously this is like a movie that has an ending and I'm not sure there's really a hero in this movie. Oh, no. You know, I mean, are we supposed to feel great about any of these people by the end? Really not you Jackman at all. No. I mean, I think we feel more sympathy for Christian Bale at the end, but I'm not sure should we have an amazing amount of well let me ask you this which one do you think so which one survived is it the so it's it's the one in my mind and i could be completely wrong that survives is the actual father i think that's what i thought too but there's a weird he seems very connected the one that's going to the going to be hung seems very connected to her in the end. Yes, but I agreed, but I think that's because he was connected to her. The reason I say that is the other, the Scarlett Johansson, Freddie, right? He was the one that was drinking, was more obsessed right. with the thing. So he was the one that would, would not have stopped going. I feel like the one who oh, had right. the child, yep. you know, I mean, it was just... It, it it and it was it and was he did apologize too. for Sarah, right? He says, "Yes, like, I'm he sorry. did. I'm sorry no, for Sarah." Yeah, but one of the other things too, for me, was a was a line that Michael Caine used, which I be I began to see the process, and I thought it was interesting how they used the two Christian Bale characters. Is is this idea is obsession is a young man's game? Yeah, and it feels like once uh, Freddie had the kid and had the yeah. wife right he was the one who had matured to the point that said yeah more okay. attachments less less he, i can know, yeah l- 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 let him have the gym let him have it yeah. 
Like he's it's a hundred shows. And that was that whole like interesting scene and this idea of can you is there a way do we age out of obsession in some ways? Because he hits that moment. Yeah, you find like less he, important. He, 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 yeah. yeah, right. And he's sitting there and he's saying, listen, this is a hundred shows only. Who cares? L- let him have it. You have Scarlett Johansson. I have my kid. My wife is dead now. You know, what has it cost me? I can move on. So I thought in using those two characters, it's really interesting because they in some ways are the same person, right? Like there hadn't been a lot of differentiation between them in the movie for us. So he's like telling the side, these are, these are yes, two different people, but we haven't seen that. They, right, they are right. a group think, right? They are, they are interchanging themselves constantly to a really bizarre level where one is allowing the other to pretend to be with his wife and yeah, yeah. not completely intimate situations. This is not a creepy kind of porn like flash gordon situation no in fact Um, based on the based on what they say it seems like that that would never have been the case like he basically said she basically says there are there are days where you love me and there are days that you don't right (laughs) yeah and but to me when i'm thinking about this movie the l the element of that type of obsession is maybe more extreme even than what we see in Hugh Jackman's character. Oh, sure. Because yeah. do, do you know what I mean? And so even when I thought more about that, I'm like, what are you gaining here? Like you have two people who are are willing to sacrifice happiness, right? They they really are destroying both of them are not living fulfilled lives. Mm-hmm. And as Michael Caine said at the beginning, it's like, it's a double. Almost everybody would know it's a double. Yeah. So this idea of the same man keeping, comes out, you know, this idea, then they use this, you know, he uses uh, Christian Bale uses the line to um, his wife at the beginning. He basically says, never give up the secret because once you do, you will be nothing to them. Like yeah. that perspective is such an interesting window. And I think it is probably so true of many amazing artists, right? Who end their life earlier to who lives that be like, they don't feel they can let people in that. It's some kind of like, if they see who I really am, the, the facade of what I do will be ruined. Yeah. It takes, it takes so much to, you know, we see this with athletes too. Like it takes professional athletes. Yeah. It takes so much concentration and and you know discipline to reach those levels in arts and music and 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 you know athletics that if that's taken away from you then it's sort of like you know you have to re you have to refigure out who you are right yeah, um, it doesn't end well for a lot no of no no because because you are so you have such blinders on to achieve something um your whole life your whole identity is wrapped in that right there's nothing there's no room for anything else um and so you know hopefully we've we've gotten a lot better with that over time but you know there's there's whole um 
There's a lot of movies I think about that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I I was really thinking about this after watching the movie. And it's to be great at that level is almost fanatical, right? You're for whatever it is you do. And I, I do think we still celebrate that. I mean, look at someone like Tom, Tom Brady, for example, right? What is he sacrificed to get, I mean, it, it, the diet, the everything, right? You, obviously, a marriage is. Well, we don't know why it. his marriage. Cla- I so, know, like, I don't want to. I mean, you're not going to. Okay. No, but my point is his family sacrificed so much of all of this to achieve this level that nobody could achieve without being like that. Yeah. We celebrate that, though, don't we? Sure. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people know that that that's partly why it's celebrated is because you're because, willing to because willing the, to go the, to that you, level. Yeah, I think at a at a certain level, everyone knows that they're not willing to make those sacrifices in order to to do that. And even if they did, they might only get halfway there, right? True. And that's those are the really sad stories, which are the people that would sacrifice everything and go through that and not end up with the greatest magic it. trick in the world, right? That's and I think that's the one point that they don't they don't hammer home very well in this movie is that they're they're supposed to be the two best music, magicians ever at this point, right? Those yeah. two tricks are the best two magic tricks ever performed. And why is that not enough? Right, right, right. right. In that type, well, of they need ideas. to be better than each other. That's that's what this sort of turns into, right? Is that, um, and then it leads them to Tesla, another guy who was obsessed with things and, um who ended up fighting with you know this movie could have been about tesla and edison right like it could have been been, may have been it should have been maybe yeah um yeah so i don't know i think i i really enjoy this movie i think it i think it's a great um kind of puzzle box and i Mm. think it does hold up on on multiple viewings even though there are multiple twists um yeah i I, what's interesting to me is the twists are not as important to me with this one. I was trying to think of some of the other ones, um, you know, like Sixth Sense, I think used as a good example, mm-hmm. where the quality of the movie is so good. I mean, the, the tw- that twist just makes it, you know, just makes it a thousand times better, right? Like the movie's just even better than it could be. But the 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 end part, right, the very end, when we realize that he has been creating duplicate and we don't even know which one, like, is it the real, like I was a little unclear about that. Yeah. You don't like, know. Does it, I mean, at some point was it he the says, real issues? Like he doesn't even know. And you know, you're willing to sacrifice to do that type of thing. But that bothered a lot of people when this movie came out and I was less bothered, bothered by that. They felt that that was a little too sci-fi to throw at the end of it yeah i mean i think that's that 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 plays into the there's that moment where hugh jackman demonstrates it for the theater owner right or mm -hmm. for the producer right and and the producer gets really freaked out and he says like it's been a long time since i've seen real magic you Mm -hmm. you need to figure out how to dress it up you need to dress it up so that they think it's a trick and he's freaked out by it. And I think that's 
th there's part of that as well is like um yeah the, the, like Borden at least says to him at one point yo you're finally willing to get your hands dirty um and he's basically like you have no idea like that that scene where he shoots him and then they kind of have like their quote-unquote sit down and chat yeah while Hugh Jackman's character is dying I think is amazing like I, the acting in this is so good I will say that the one thing that I didn't love about this movie is the the way the characters look I think the film looks great I think it mm. looks good there's just a cleanness to this that is kind of weird it it doesn't feel like 1890s London no, which is it feels dress up to it, some extent there is elements almost of interview with a vampire to me in terms of it yeah I just like I agree and, and there's like the Christian Vale just looks like he looks like he's yeah he's like a guy from the 90s who just has like a like a know, normal haircut because but he's wearing like these old clothes but the, the clothes look like they just came off like a costume rack I don't know yeah they're everybody's very clean yeah in this movie I yeah. don't know if people with this time period I, that was my only like gripe no, with and this I movie. Do, and I'm kind of intrigued if, if he made made this film now. Would it be grittier? I don't know. I feel like he is. I I didn't see Dunkirk. Uh, I'm interested Dunkirk to see Oppenheimer. Was, yeah, I like Dunkirk actually. Dunkirk. He's what's so interesting to me with Christopher Nolan is the way in which he has continued to play with time in films yeah. like in you know this is non-linear storytelling as was memento right the batman movies not so much but i feel like that's i feel like the batman movies are are almost like a separate element of christopher nolan filmmaking yeah do, but do inception I mean? inception is too like they they bounce around in, in inception, yeah, inception and inception they do and, stuff. and dunkirk they absolutely i i think he does it in a super interesting way. I would I just, highly recommend seeing that actually. Cause I, I do think that's another one that was big at the time, but might be slightly underrated. You know, people and we'll talk about it when we look at some of his films in a second, but I just, I, a tenant, he obviously really plays with time and mm -hmm. a kind of crazy way. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he does it with Oppenheimer. Yeah. Like, is it like, what is, how is he going to do? I, I have a, I don't know why, but I, I, part of me wonders if we're going to see a lot of some of this stuff that we saw in Prestige and Oppenheimer. I hope so, because I think he's better when he focuses on on characters and, and their journey rather than like just what's happening around them. Like, honestly, like I, I know we don't even know the character's name in Tenant, but like that's the most disappointing part of that movie is that there seems to want to be some kind of emotional resonance when you when when you find out that he, they are best friends. Yeah, but it's but kind it's of like almost attack on. Yeah, right? it doesn't. It just no. It, it's almost like I I care about that story, right? I care about them being best friends, but like Christopher Nolan doesn't. Like nothing in that movie cared about them being best friends. It's just like it's just like cool shits happening around them. Um. Yeah, so I don't know that that I, I, that's why I, I struggle with that movie. It's it doesn't. 
it doesn't pull off the magic trick like this one does. Yeah, it, this is good. Um, all right, let's talk Christopher Nolan films. Letterbox. I have three Christopher Nolan films for you. Uh, first of all, this film on Letterbox is a four point one out of five stars. Uh, does that sound okay for you? Yeah, I think so. That's a. I thought. I actually, I have to admit, I thought that was a higher one that I saw. I actually went back and read some of the reviews for the Prestige, mm-hmm. like from the time, and it was not as well received as I would have thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of like that movie that was in between Batman's. Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, it would, which is really intriguing because I feel like people just assumed like, oh, Christopher Nolan's the next big blockbuster director, you know, of these right, things. Right. This is what he's going to do instead. All right. So here are three other Christopher Nolan movies. I'm working. Actually, I know you've seen all three of these. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Interstellar, 4.3 out of 5. Higher, lower, sound about okay. I, uh, I haven't seen that one in a while, but I think, I think that's probably right. Yeah. Okay. That sounds. Uh, I mean, that's pretty yeah. solid. I mean, what's interesting is all his films here are right in the same window. Uh, Inception four point two. What was the Prestige? Prestige oh, there was four one. Um. Yeah, I like the Prestige more, but Inception's still great. I yeah. Okay, and finally, Dark Knight is the highest at four point four. Yeah, that's to be expected, I think, because it's it has one of the most unforgettable performances of all time in it. So wow, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, well, I would, yeah, I think would that's you, all legit. I think oh, so all right, so how would you rank those four? What 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 are you ranking them mm. if you're watching? Which which is your favorite? For me, I would go Interstellar. Uh, the Dark Knight, Prestige, then Inception. I really like Interstellar a lot. And I love Interstellar. Like, we haven't done Interstellar yet. We should do that. I love Inception, though. I like Intercept- Inception more than you. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably go Inception, Dark Knight, Interstellar, Prestige. But I really liked Prestige. I thought the prestige pair. I like that we had watched this as closely as we had to Annihilation, and we're doing yeah. thin thin red line. And so I think it'll be coming up, and I think that will be an interesting one with some of the themes to tie it with as well. Uh, okay, it's time for King of the Hill or Bottom of the Barrel. Is this movie better than Heat? Is it worse than Flash Gordon? Hmm. It is not worse than Flash Gordon. Well, I'm not sure we're going to be able to find a film worse than Flash Gordon this year. We'll so. see. We'll see. Um, I like this better than Heat. I think it deals with similar things. Mirac- it's very. It's actually the themes of the two movies are very similar. They are close. They are actually um, close. I think they're a little, a little more explored in the prestige and i think the prestige has a little bit more going on for it in other ways at least for me all right i think heat is better mm-hmm. but i think i think, I it think is, it's a toss-up for me yeah, it's I like it i is, could go one way one day close. well we split so heat will stay there but i yeah. i think there are a lot of arguments to be made um it is funny prestige. how clo- how similar those two movies are considering the, uh, yeah, the time again, difference two characters obsessed with their job 
No, I again, I I think this movie is hurt by the fact of some of the other Christopher Nolan stuff. Yeah, could be. I you know, I I do. I think, you know, Dark Knight is for superhero fans like the number one superhero movie, so he gets that category and then I think you get a little bit more fanfare with some more of his recent stuff, right? You know, you get McConaughey, you get Leo DiCaprio, Mm -hmm. you get some of those other things. Uh, All right, so we'll keep it there. It's certainly not worse than Flash Gordon. We know that. Uh, But here's our next question. What film would you pair with The Prestige? Another movie about... Double feature time. My double feature is another movie about someone obsessed and is a little bit lighter than this is The Greatest Showman. With Hugh Jackman, I'm I've not never seen The Greatest Showman. Oh, really? It's fun. I would be interested to see what you think. I am not the hugest fan of the movie. Uh, the music's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and Hugh Jackman is Hugh Jackman. Uh, but yeah, and it it probably plays with uh you know whatever P T Barnum is that who it is? Yeah, his, it's supposed uh, to be right, isn't that what it his, is? Yeah. yeah, it probably plays fast and loose with. The historical de- details of his life but um it's interesting to see hugh jackman in these two roles which are kind of similar um yeah yeah perfect i kind of have a tie i wasn't sure which one to do so i'm gonna say because the films are one film is based on the other really mm. alfred hitchcock's vertigo and brian de palma's obsession obsession by brian de palma was inspired by mm. hitchcock's I've vertigo. never seen that one uh obsession is typical brian de palma creepy woman stuff (laughs) uh but it it tackles it in a really interesting way and vertigo which when we i've become to like vertigo more than when we did the episode on vertigo Uh uh-huh um it's still not my favorite Hitchcock. Film. I think it's, I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of what we were feeling there is like, is keep people keep calling it the best movie ever made now. Right. Yes. Which that is, has turned into the yeah. new citizen Kane, right? It's like become yeah. trendy to do that. Um, but I think both of those films are interesting takes on the yeah. challenges of it. And I think in the case of Hitchcock, he is somewhat limited to explore that obsession in the way he could have maybe because of the yeah. time period he made vertigo. And in the case of De Palma, he just does it. it you, I won't give anything away, but it's in a De Palma way that is slightly uncomfortable, but yeah. definitely worth sure. a watch. Do you uh, like, so do you like vertigo more than flash Gordon? Uh, yes. Every, I will say this. Every film would be better with that with, in it. with that just cut into it. <laughs> I, I actually think uh, that Keenan should play that on every episode of Pop Out. That would be good because yeah. because Tim is a fan of Flash Gordon as well. You know, yeah, yeah. Tim like is an advocate. All right, it's time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? Five question time for Jim. Um, at the heart of this film, thumbs up or thumbs down here, is magic. 
Do you like a magic show? Are you a fan I, of I, I'm of two minds on this. I would probably love to sit down in a theater like in this movie and watch a magic show. Okay. I despise going to a kid's birthday party and seeing a magician, magician. perform for kids and yeah i do not yeah. like that you don't idea. want it like i don't like small time magic shows like you want to go to like a vegas yeah i want uh, what was that was that movie the uh now you see me or whatever is, oh my yeah. god yes 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 i want that Absolutely. kind of thing you want that type of thing all yeah. right perfect uh here's a question for you would you rather have seen you jackman as batman or christian bale as wolverine oh 100 you jackman as batman really the, yeah like i don't think i don't think like, I don't think Bale would bring anything to Wolverine that Jackman couldn't. Okay. Like, I think he... But I think Hugh Jackman as as Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne... You like that? I really vibe. like that. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Uh, fill in the blank time. If you were a magician, your stage name would be... I have no, I have no idea. I, 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 I don't know. I, I just said... Well, I forget. I had one in my head. And now I've forgotten it. But like the great DeSanto, your yeah, last the great name, DeSanto is like it, your your name actually lends itself. How about just DeSanto the Great? DeSanto the Great, not like the Great Danton, but DeSanto the, the Great. The, 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 that does sound like something a yeah. magician might do. I like that one. I like that a lot. Um, we didn't really talk about him in this movie. Just a small yeah. role. Super cool, by the way. I, like. David Bowie as Tesla. Yeah. The intro to him when we finally Andy see him Serkis walking through the machine. Andy Serkis as his, like, manservant. As his Igor, yep. basically. Love, I love when he walks through. and it, I mean, because yeah. only David Bowie could do it. This is, like, cool David Bowie, not creepy. Yeah, yeah. I have want to be surrounded by puppets and sleep yeah, with yeah. a 14-year-old um, David Bowie from Labyrinth. Um, what's your favorite David Bowie song? Well, this is tough. I like a lot of David Bowie songs. Um, and I would say prior to the past year or two, I would have said, you know, either Ziggy Stardust or Space Oddity. Those were the ones I grew, I grew up listening to a lot. Like as okay. a kid, I love them. Yeah. But after Licorice Pizza, I can't get Life, of, Life on Mars out of my head. Mm. Um, and I really, there's something about the melody of that song that just gets stuck in my head. So right now I'm going to say life on Mars. Modern love. Modern love. Mm. Correct answer. Mm. Uh, we talked about David Bowie last week on the episode as well. When Keenan brought him yeah. up about the best queen song. Yeah. Imagine if David Bowie had been involved in the flash Gordon soundtrack as well. It, it would have been good. Taken up another level. Finally, deep thoughts question. What's the best twist ending you've ever seen? Could be TV, movie, mm. book, even a book if you wanted to. I don't really care. I mean, you can I, limit it to movies if you want. I mean, in for me, it has to be The Sixth Sense because I remember sitting in the theater watching that movie mm -hmm. and immediately coming home and telling my dad, like, we are going to see that movie again. Again, like, you, you need to go see it. Like, and I'm, I'm going with you. Um, and I know that's probably just like the, the cliche answer, but, um, yeah, I well, don't, I can't think of any build a whole career off of it. Right. And I think at the time 
that wasn't in vogue, right? Since then, it's become like a thing. Like, is there a twist ending? Is, you know, blah, 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 with whatever it may be. But I don't remember having, watching anything else that affected me like that. No, I... As a twist. I, think I'm, I was trying to think, to when you it. said TV shows, I was... I, I hadn't thought of TV shows, but I can't think of... I was trying to think of... Of a twist. I feel like... I, the funny thing with TV shows is I, I don't, especially if it's a long running TV show, I don't think you can do a twist ending. I don't think as a medium well, like, that's made I, to, to yeah. devour it because you end up getting pissed off. Like right? Lost like, had so many twists, right? Here yeah. and there. And I will say the flash forward, that was a pretty yeah. interesting twist and changed how they told the story going forward. Yeah. That was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of other big twists that that came up. That yeah, I feel like in TV and books are very difficult to have twist endings. I feel yeah. like as well. I was trying to think of a movie where the only good part of it was a twist. I have to keep thinking about that. Yeah, films that are built on twists are often not very good films. Right, because there's something you start to see all the right? strings. Right, you start to see all the strings attached to the twist, and then it becomes like. The only reason this is happening is for the twist. And that I think that's why Sixth Sense works so well is that like the prestige, there's so much other there's so many other things going on in both the movies to tell a good story, right? It's a it's just a damn good ghost story. It's this kid dealing with emotional issues, right? It's a husband who's like estranged from his wife in Sixth Sense. Uh, yeah, like, there's the board, so yeah. many things going on in that movie. Um, and you're trying to figure out each ghost and like what what's going to ease their pain, right? Like what's, what's going to well, let them pass the on? Just, yeah, I think and it's one of the things that benefits Christopher Nolan is he plays with time and linear story. Like that's pretty common for him. He didn't yeah. fall into the twist ending because I think that I, I do really think that has hampered and I, you could argue you'll say that's what made M night M night, like the ability to do that. But then the expectation of that in his movies for the several. Yeah. Well, I, didn't, I mean, that, I he did it with, he did it with unbreakable, science. which I think there, there's a, there's a twist. I mean, science is not really twisty. It's not a huge, but my point is I feel like that became an expectation, for but him. I don't and think science the, is a twist. I think it, I don't I, I, I don't disagree with you, but yeah. enough people thought it was. And then when he tried to move away from that, and it could have just been his choice of films yeah. when he tried to move away from that, it didn't pay off. Whereas Christopher Nolan, nobody was sitting there and saying, Oh, there's a twist ending. Now right, we expect right, a right. twist ending from it. Uh a must see, again, something people our age probably saw in the theater, people who are younger might not have seen it. So go see it. Yeah. Um, and that's it. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.